So hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 69 of Level Up. As you know, it's 60 minutes of live Q&A, where your questions, chat, and comments really do drive the whole show. So please, first of all, introduce yourselves in the chat. I can see many of you are already logged in on social media, whether you're on LinkedIn or on YouTube. Uh, Shanice is welcoming you over there. So uh, please introduce yourself and just type in the city where you are joining from. We'd love to hear from you and, of course, get you involved in the show. So also in that chat, we're going to post a link for you to vote up the questions that you would most like answered. And, of course, for you to add your own as well. Level up live streams Mondays at 8 and Fridays at 2 p.m. UK time to both YouTube and LinkedIn simultaneously. And today we're going to be talking about how to become an agent for change, but this time in an agile environment. You know, working in an agile environment is quite different to perhaps some of the ways in which projects were rolled out, certainly in my early career. And so we're going to discuss what's really special about that and, and how even qualifications like the APMG Agile Change Agent qualification can make a real difference to you, your team, and ultimately your organization. Now, look, we've got a great panel for today, so we're going to jump in and meet them straight away. Returning to the panel today is Johan. Johan Bota returns, and uh, Johan, of course, has built his career in the world of Agile and IT and hosts the very popular Adapt interview series um, on LinkedIn. So welcome back, Johan. Great to see you. Thanks, Nick, and, and thanks for asking me back. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Okay, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Alejandro Debonet joins us for the first time, I think, today. He's an agile coach, and um, he actually describes himself as a bridge, as a connector, if you like, helping people come together and organizations and really building communities. So welcome to Level Up, Alejandro. Great to see you. Thank you, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. And indeed, uh, becoming a bridge, that's the idea. We'll explain about that later on. <laughs> Okay, all right, perfect. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, joining us from probably somewhere which is quite a bit warmer than um, the Thames Valley where I am located at the moment is Bikram. Bikram Rutri is an independent training consultant who, of course, teaches a whole range of different courses, but including the suite of agile products, uh, agile business analysis and agile project management, and the change agent qualification, and so on, many more. Strong supporter of Level Up, and uh, it's great to welcome you back again, Bikram. Thank you, Nick. Uh, yes, uh, uh, right at the moment, it's 28 degrees centigrade. I'm based out of Bangalore. Uh, good to be back. And uh, definitely, uh, when we are talking about change, when we are talking about agile and the combination of everything with it, agile changes, and this, this is going to be interesting. Thank you, Nick. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Etienne Chardlow couldn't be a greater contrast in temperatures. I don't think we go from the from the from the warm hot season um, in Bangalore and in southern India to the, the 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 coolness, if I can say that, of uh, Johannesburg in South Africa. Senior consultant, of course, over at Symphonize, he focuses on helping his clients adopt emerging technologies. So great to see you, Etienne, and you're wrapped up for the cold today. I am, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a nasty chill in the wind today, so um, yeah. But it's good to be back, and nice to see everyone. Thank you for the invite. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining. For joining, uh, Jerk Sulner uh, returns uh, also today. He ensures that his approach 
um, to change is always done with people first in mind, with empathy and understanding, and really helping folks adopt different ways of working. He also runs um, the German language DevOps podcast as well, uh, which I've seen and um, really interesting. Although my German, I'm afraid, is, is not strong enough for me to be able to uh, be a subscriber. But he's a regular contributor at online and in-person events as well. So uh, welcome back, Dirk. Great to see you. Hello, Nick, and hello, world. Uh, greetings from Germany. And um, happy and excited to be back again here on, on Level Up. Okay, excellent. Our question master for today is uh, Charlotte Miller. She's joining us also from the Thames Valley here in the UK. Welcome, Charlotte. Hi, Nick. Hi. Good to see you again. Good to see you and welcome to everybody to this episode 69. Okay, all right. Thank you very much indeed. We got a little, a couple of little gremlins in today. We had a, we had a weekend off last weekend. Um, the Queen was um, actually having a bit of a celebration, so we celebrated as well. Very unusual for us to have two official days off next to each other in our calendars, but we kind of got used to it, I think. So it's all very pleasant. Anyway, all right. Well, um, leaving that behind us, let's jump straight into the questions and uh, we'll have our first question, please, Charlotte. Thank you, Nick. We've got a question from Alexander. Where should the Agile Change Agent be located in the organization hierarchy? More to the top or to the bottom? Okay, all right. Etienne, why don't you start us off and then we'll hear from Johan. Oh, I'm going to say everywhere. <laughs> I think I think agile change agents really should be at all levels. You know, we can drive change from the top, but in order for change to take hold, it needs to be rooted at the bottom too. So we we need to make sure that we've got agile change agents and people encouraging and supporting change at all levels in the organisation. Three more, uh, Johan. What are your thoughts on this? I don't think I can add more. I think it's brilliant. Um, we need people who believe in, in what we're trying to do everywhere in the organization. And we can support people when it starts getting a little bit difficult. Yeah, it's certainly true, isn't it? It's the kind of thing that we can all make a difference wherever our role happens to sit in the hierarchy. Um, Vikram, your thoughts, please, and then we'll hear from Alejandro. Sure. Uh, what I, I would say, change is complex and change is continuous. So as uh, earlier said, it is everywhere in the organization. So uh, change isn't can be at any place. Typically, we see them at the bottom. So that's how we connect, you know, bottom driven. And that's where the connections happen. But it can be either on the top down or bottom up anywhere. All right. Okay, very good. Uh, Alejandro, your thoughts? Yes, and I don't want to misquote Deming, uh, but I think he was the one saying that uh, only managers can make the change. Uh, so, in, of course, linking this to uh, management 3.0, we want to manage the system, then we all need to become managers and leaders, which is the topic of today, right? But um, when we are just starting, when we are doing uh, a burning platform, when we're trying to find the tipping point, it's really good to have the engagement of the top so they can lead and show uh, where we're heading, right? And 
that's important. We put some boundaries to this uh, change uh, rather than just focusing it on formation. So it's good to have some report, some authority uh, to take uh, the lead and show us a way. Excellent. And Dirk, final thoughts on this? So I think I, th I should raise my hand uh, for the next questions a little bit earlier. So I have nothing to add. Um, everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. All right. And it's a really interesting kind of question to get us going with, isn't it? Um, because, you know, uh, sometimes I think it can feel that, you know, change is something else that, you know, somebody else initiates, right? But this is all about us embracing our responsibility. And Alejandro, thank you for, you know, starting to broaden that thinking a little bit that says, okay, well, you know, who owns that change? Actually, it's more than just the leadership team. They might initiate something. They might set the goal. You know, they might do the call to action that says, we need to be more agile. We need to do this. We need to get to market faster or shorter or better or smarter. But actually, all of us together, we need to be able to deliver on that promise. All right. Very good. Thank you very much indeed, panel. Great question to start us off with this Friday afternoon. So thank you very much indeed. Charlotte, we'll take our next question, please. Thanks, Nick. We've got a question from Ramona. Most employees are experiencing change fatigue. What can I do to ensure success of Agile change initiatives in this environment? Okay, good. start us off on this one then. It's me? Yes, please. Okay, I, I, I didn't get it. So um, I think um, 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 a good point is to be authentic. So it's not a project after project after project. Um, I think um, if the employees are experiencing change uh, uh, um, I think they have change every year. And so I think change is not a project, change is an ongoing activity. So even if you change to agile, and we call it German agile transformation, um, it's an ongoing process. And I think that's uh, going, uh, going on with uh, small steps and have a clear vision to where you want to go, but with small steps and engage the uh, the company, engage the the, uh, the people, engage the employees. So it's not a project from top down. It's a project uh, which uh, needs to be supported by the bottom, uh, referring to the question we had um, um, at, at first. Okay, well, thank you um, very much indeed. And apologies to the audience. We had a little audio glitch uh, going on there, which muted, I think, my audio for just for a second or two. So thank you very much, Dirk. It's great insight and it's got us uh, really thinking. Etienne, what would you like to add? Yeah, for, for me, I think Agile is one of the ways we can help to reduce change fatigue. You know, we have big changes that cause change fatigue. The idea with Agile is we have more changes more frequently, but they're so much smaller that they have less of an impact. So the, the impact from Agile changes and Agile projects is that you know, the value is rolled out over time. And so the changes are rolled out over time. And so change becomes more evolutionary than these big chunks of change, which are more difficult to adapt to. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I love the Agile approach to projects and portfolios is because you can roll things out over time and change becomes evolutionary and it doesn't have that 
massive impact on individuals and organizations. Yeah, it's it's so important, isn't it, to be able to connect, I think, you know, the cause with the effects in change. And in the past, mm. where you had a program that was running for, you know, sometimes years, rolling out around the world, if you're working for a large organization, multi-site organization, it would take a long time for it to come and make any difference to you. And there's that feeling of... Um, uh, abandonment almost you know there's nothing we can do mm. to affect this it's it's just it's just happening and it seems to be very intangible whereas in an agile context you should be able to reach out and almost touch <laughs> those two things together it's like a live wire bringing yeah. bringing the two battery terminals together there should be a little spark a little connection um there so yeah absolutely agree with that so thank you very much indeed panel that's great um let's move on if we can please charlotte and we'll take our next question Thanks, Nick. We've got a question from Sharon in Wales. Do you have a book or resource recommendations to help me become an agile change agent? Okay, Alejandro, give us your thoughts first, and then we'll hear from Bikram. Okay, yeah, there are plenty of books, um, and depends on your experience and, and yeah, and where you want to reach. Yeah, but um, as a uh, change agent and uh, leading change. I think uh, that's the most appropriate book uh, I can come to. It comes to my mind. Eh? John Cotter, Leading Change. Um, I remember uh, some parts of the book where it shows <laughs> that we need to give employees time, space, and permission uh, to change the way of working. Um, uh, we have to create the momentum and show them that we are in the right path by celebrating success. Um, of course, I, I just quoted 0.1% of the book, so really interesting to read it yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Alejandro. That's one to add to the reading list, uh, John Cotters. So thank you very much indeed. Um, we'll put that in a link for that in the chat for everybody. Um, let's go to Bikram next, I think, and then Johan. Yep, so uh, Agile Changes and Certification through APMG, and I have conducted uh, many of those uh, certification training. So I know uh, the you know strength of this certification. I remember while I was part of one airlines uh, organization and we were implementing change that point in time. And interestingly, that was uh, you know moving away from the waterfall and the organization, whole organization was implementing um, agile side of it. And uh, that point in time, we didn't have these certifications. We didn't have... Uh, much of study materials. I'm talking about almost like six, seven years before. But uh, when I look back and see if uh, some kind of certification might have been there at that point in time, it could have helped my team, the entire team, and the migration in itself for the Agile could have been better. But yes, Agile changes in certification is one such certification I would recommend. Okay, all right. Thank you very much indeed. And Johan? I'm going to be a little bit controversial. I don't like Cotter at all. Um, so uh, <laughs> my approach is actually when people say to me, what, what, what approach do you use to changing organization? I say lean and they say, but lean is not a change method or whatever. But then you haven't read deeply enough um, and understand you know, lean that well. A book that I would recommend, though, is 
Agile for Non-Software Teams, A Practical Guide for Your Journey by Jill Broser, a brilliant book. Um, any major that, that wants to um, help their organization become more agile um, in totality, and I'm not only talking about projects, uh, I'm talking about business agility, should read this book. It's, it's really a, a good reference. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. So I've got a um, a book to recommend, Nigel, if you can just kind of put me into the full screen. So this book is um, written by a lady called Melanie Franklin. She's the uh, kind of chief examiner, if you like, for um, a method called Agile Change Management. And um, it's it really is a uh, a framework, if you like, for successful planning and the implementation of um, change in an agile environment. So definitely worthwhile um, finding that. Um, I think it's available in most good booksellers. <laughs> I, know <it's> <laughs> I know it's available on our website anyway, but um, you can have a look at that and uh, read it. Um, it, it. It's quite a good place to start. I, I want to come back to you, Johan, a little bit about you know how we blend these things together and Dirk, I might um, involve you in this conversation as well, because Early on, when I was a consultant early on in my career, it was about, you know, following a method, you know, not quite religiously, but that's kind of how it felt sometimes. You know, customers expected you to just plow through this method. And then after a little while, there's a light bulb moment where you, <laughs> where you realize it's not a good idea and you should actually genuinely use your own brain and pull things together. Um, so my question to Johan first and then um, to Dirk second is is this, you know, is that, did you have that light bulb moment? It, are you now more of the blend rather than the, you know, the single religion? Um, I had definitely had some light bulb moments, uh, but I, I, I think that the light bulb moments helped me realize that, yeah, they are good practices around you mainly working with people and involving them in what an organization does. Um, and they've been around for 60 years and those practices are summarized in lean. And so the, the, the more work I do, the more I draw on um, very deep-seated lean practices. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, Dirk, you, you blend these kinds of things together to make sure that that human dimension comes first. Um, yes. Did you have a similar light bulb moment or was it, you probably got there a little um, earlier than I did. If I go back, um, it was not just one moment, it was a process. And um, now I'm saying we have enough frameworks, we have enough knowledge. They only have to practice it. And that's my way then to, to teach the knowledge to pass over my knowledge and my experience and to help building bridge like um, um, like the other guys do. So we have enough knowledge, we have enough have have enough frameworks, but no one, no framework can solve any problem. So combine it and use what we say in German is gesunder Menschenverstand. I I don't know uh, um, translate it. Uh, use your brain should be the, the smallest. Uh, Excellent. This is my framework. Use your brain. <laughs> Use your brain. Use your brain. Think about it. Just think about it for a moment. Listen and think about it. It's, it's located always here. Great Just advice. over here. <laughs> 
Absolutely right. Thank you very much indeed. Excellent. Thank you, panel. Um, Charlotte, let's move on. We'll take our next question, please, if we may. Thanks, Nick. We've got a question from Paul. How can we continue to engage stakeholders in a change initiative, even when it's been implemented rapidly? Oh, it's a good one, this, isn't it? Stakeholder engagement. How on earth do you manage that? Dirk, start us off, please, then we'll hear from Etienne next. Yes. Maybe I got the question a little, a little bit wrong, or I misunderstood it, but, um, but I think rapidly is not the, 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 um, the way I would like to go. Small steps, and um, even not rapidly, but not fast, slow, and continually. So I think if you go small steps, uh, if you continuously uh, improve yourself, uh, improve your organization, improve your methods, and improve your processes, I think the stakeholders would continue to engage because you show them small success. Excellent. And you can Thank prove, you and you can prove those success. Not uh, in two months we will have so prove it. I think that that's a really, really good point in in managing stakeholders, engaging stakeholders, and working with them in a particular way, is is right. is to avoid that forward promise. You know, far so much better to engage and work with them. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that way, you know, the outcomes come and they come jointly. So, thank you very much indeed for starting us off, uh, Dirk. Etienne, your thoughts, please, and then Johan. Yeah, I I I agree that you know. It's small steps, it's incremental steps. It doesn't have to be rapid. You know, rapid is asking for trouble. So small steps frequently is a much better way to go. Um, but one of the things I love about the Agile approaches is that Agile engages your customer in every step. It's, it's no longer about delivering to a customer who asks for mm. something at the beginning and you go away and work on it and come back and deliver it. Agile is working side by side with your customer every step of the way. And so stakeholder engagement is built into agile approaches. And so, you know, it's easier to engage stakeholders when you're using more agile approaches. Yeah, that's a good point. Really good point. Thank you very much, Etienne. Johan and then Alejandro. I, I think that set us off on uh, my thoughts off on a, on, a, on a direction, not quite what I wanted to answer, but this is what I'm going to say. I don't see agile methods as a project, uh, a way to do projects. If you if you look at the the heart of all of the agile approaches, it's actually continual improvement. You've mm. got a product, and you constantly mm. make that product better. Um, and if if you give everybody the opportunity um, to to provide input in how you make it better all of the time. Um, People will will remain interested. Um, I mean, if you take Scrum for instance, yeah, at the end of each one of your 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 sprints, there's an opportunity for you to hear back from your stakeholders uh, about their needs and what has changed in their environment, and for you to uh, to consider those things and and maybe do small course uh, corrections all of the time. Um, so yeah. Just remember, it is it is a pull system. It's not a push system. Okay, thank you very much indeed. And uh, Alejandro, and then Bikram. 
Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. But um, I, I, I will continue with Johan's thought. I think that this is about, um, I don't think uh, Agile will do the magic other than uh, putting uh, a mind shifting uh, opportunity in the, in the mind of people, right? So it's about people doing it or breaking it. And so the first thing that we need uh, to engage the stakeholders is to listen to them know what they want and, and we know that agile and agile manifesto talks about working software working solutions so by listening to them by delivering a cadence by incrementally showcasing value not talking about it but actually showing value we save a lot of time uh, we give them opportunity we listen back we get more feedback we get better results in the next uh, iteration so that's how we do it and that's how they will keep on coming back if we just want to do it because we think this is good but this is what they, our stakeholders want. Yeah, they, they, they will get frustrated because there's always a delta between what is expected and what we deliver the first time. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Thank you. Bikram? And, uh, absolutely. I'm with uh, everyone. I'll just put, uh, you'll give very less surprises. And many times we say, you know, Friday surprises uh, to your stakeholders. And it will be uh, more kind of uh, rapid, uh, uh, not, I wouldn't say rapid, but uh, small steps to go ahead uh, with that line of direction to give and connect uh, rapidly and uh, to provide less surprises to your stakeholders. Yeah, absolutely right. That trust is um, hard won and easily lost and a great way to lose it. Um, is to provide those kinds of you know surprises or fail to deliver you know and uh, if it's if it's a situation that has changed you know and that's meant that things need to be uh, done in a different sequence or the you know ultimately the outcome is going to be different and explaining that is always the best way to do and hand in hand with your stakeholders throughout so thank you very much indeed panel some really interesting insight and i hope that it's helpful to you and also to your teams now we're a little bit quiet on our audience we've got plenty of folks um, actually watching us online at the moment i can see you all so please do ask your questions okay you can just type them into the chat and then we'll get them in front of the panel straight away and see if we can't help you out in your current situation or in your planning for the future very happy to do that all right well let's move on in the meantime um, charlotte please and we'll take our next question thanks nick we've got a question from Hoshia. How does one become agile, an agile change agent? Is there any agile knowledge needed to be agile change agent? All right. So this sounds like the beginning of a Bond movie, you know, where they're starting to hand over from one <laughs> actor to the next. How do you actually sign up to become an agent? Is it a secret, Johan, or is it a planned approach? Start us off on this one. I think it's two things. First of all, you must choose to be an agent for change. Um, you must be willing to to put up your hand and say, um, I'm going to help other people see what I'm seeing because um, yeah, I believe in what it is that I want to do. Um, secondly is then you have to immerse yourself in in whatever it is that you believe in because it's it's not a good idea to try and help people if you if if you don't understand um the theory and the concepts behind it um so as nick mentioned there's a there's a specific 
certification available from APMG um, to be a, an agile change agent. But I would go beyond that and also uh, maybe do some of the agile BM courses or you know, Scrum courses or, you know, go as broad as you can, learn as much as you can, you know, read as much as you can. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Great advice. Uh, Dirk, your thoughts? And then Vikram. Um, I would to catch up uh, Johan's thought because uh, I think knowledge is the base. You have to have knowledge. Um, but then I think it's really necessary to practice, to practice your knowledge, to get in communication and to try. To try, maybe you try and error, you may fail. Well, that gives you experience. So knowledge is the base, and then you have to practice and to, to get experienced in that. So the, okay. the, the more life experience you have, the, the better you are, you may better be uh, as a, working as an HI change agent. Hmm. That's a good point, actually, isn't it? It's about, you know, I think being, having the confidence to be your authentic self. And sometimes that does come with experience. You know, we yeah. we kind of settle into our own selves, our own personas over time. So, yeah, really interesting insight. Thank you very much indeed. Vikram, your thoughts? Absolutely, uh, Nick. Uh, so in one way, we are looking into change, which is constant in nature. And uh, on top of it, uh, the agile side of it, any kind of agile uh, knowledge that would help along with the experience that we'll be getting through. And uh, as I have mentioned earlier about the Agile changes and certification from APMG, but uh, in a way, I would break it with change, Agile, and, uh, you know, if you can combine them together with the Agile changes, and that always helps. Plus the experience, as mm -hmm. we spoke about, yes. Yeah, thank you very much. One, one trait that I would suggest to, to colleagues who are watching this online and kind of thinking, you know, well, you know, how can I be perceived as an agent for change? You know, how can, what positive things can I do? Is, um, it's to be positive, actually, you know, to look at what is happening with a positive mindset and to see how you can help and facilitate. That doesn't necessarily mean you selling this to others. But it does mean you facilitating and acting almost as a catalyst, you know, to try and help the reaction um, along. Um, so, Johan, um, what else would you like to yeah, add to that? I, you know, when I started out in the best practice space, um, I always say that I had, I had a team of people in the organization operated despite us because we were a bunch of bigots about this great shiny thing that we found. I'm stealing a little bit from Paul Wilkinson. So <laughs> absolutely. I mean, uh, you, you need to know your stuff. But but this this is about agility. So don't be a bigot about it. You know, don't tell people, no, 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 that's not the way you do it. Yeah. Um, it's about being agile. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. And, uh, you know, if there's something that experience tells you, it's um, you gather experience when you're looking for something else. <laughs> I think there's a proverb out there somewhere that says something along those lines, you know, and it's discovering, you know, is, is a fantastic part of human development, you know, from when we're a tiny and we're, we're in a family environment through to, you know, when we're studying independently at university and beyond, 
and, and also at work, you know, discovering new ways of doing the same thing, new ideas, new approaches. It's exactly why we're all motivated to do what we do. You know, it's a fantastic thing and it gives you energy and enthusiasm and so on. And if you bring that enthusiasm and energy and that facilitation mode, you know, into the mix, it can only be a positive thing. So really good. Thank you very much. And thank you to our producers online, because um, I think we might have some new live questions coming in as well, Charlotte. We'll take one of those next, please. Thanks, Nick. We do have a, a live question from Anand. What is the significant <clears throat> difference between Agile Coach and Agile Change Agent? Okay, Etienne, start us off, please. The difference between the Agile Coach role and the Agile Change Agent? Yeah, I, for me, an Agile coach is someone who understands Agile methodologies and, and ways to do things, has the knowledge and experience to help an organization through Agile changes. Um, an Agile Change Agent doesn't necessarily need to have those skills or understand the methodology, but needs to have a belief in this idea and be able to motivate and help colleagues and help other people in the organization to embrace these changes and for me that's the one difference you know the big difference is who's who's leading and driving and coaching and guiding through the change and then who is helping people to buy into the change and for me that's the big difference between the two excellent thank you very much indeed johan so just echoing what what etian said it's focus um so um a coach focuses on on, on the, the method that you've choose, uh, chosen to, to implement and to make sure that everybody knows how best to use that. Um, and a, a change agent focuses more on the organization um, and the pains and the needs of the organization and how to make that easier. And sometimes it may even mean that they would have different opinions about things. Um, so a change agent may say, yes, I know that the method says this is the best thing to do, but maybe in our context, it's not the best thing to do. Thank you very much indeed. And I completely agree with, you know, with, with both of you. Um, the, 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 the biggest difference here is all about, you know, performance. When you're, when you're coaching, you're, you're coaching up the performance of others in a particular discipline. And an agile coach is no different to any other form of coaching in life or business and so on. Um, when you're acting as an agent for change, you are, you know, really thinking about, you know, um, how, how can you help others? you're not necessarily coaching their performance all right you're just thinking in their context if i was in their situation you know, how can i actually help them um alejandro help us out what are your thoughts on this one thank you nick um yeah, i think we can also reflect a little bit on the values principles and practices part of it right so uh, the coach will focus in the practices you know also we mentioned something about it already but the the agent, the change agent, uh, has to have very clear the organizational values and pair them to the principles, the agile, the lean, and the rest of the principles that we might use. So it's, uh, that, that's a, um, a specific, I would say, um, difference between them. And then, of course, we need to look at the people involved in the in the change and know when to be a facilitator, when to be a coach, when to be a leader, right? But that. Not part of the right. question, but I just wanted to add it like a 
a follow through thought. I think it's an important dimension. It's um, how would I express it? It's that situational awareness, isn't it? That having that uh, emotional intelligence to understand when to be the supporter, when to be the enabler, when to be the leader, when to be the, <laughs> you know, just the, just the listener. You know, sometimes it's about listening, isn't it? Not necessarily about providing any answers. So I totally agree with you there, you know, and it's something that when you see this done well, it is, it is seamless. It feels almost mm -hmm. like just the, the, a summer breeze, you know, it's so gentle and yet it moves people. You know, it's a fantastic thing to witness when you get this right. And the very best change agents are those people that do little subtle support, subtle interventions, subtle ways of helping and enabling others um, to succeed. So thank you very much indeed, panel. What a lovely question. So thank you so much, um, Anand. Uh, great question to put to a panel, and I hope that that really does uh, kind of help you out a little bit and steer you in the right direction. Come back to us and, and let us know online um, if it does. All right, very good. Thank you, Charlotte. Let's move on, please. We'll take our next question. Thanks, Nick. I was just about to click on to the next question, and I've just had a live one come in. It's from Michelle Morgan. Uh, they ask, how do you improve your own agility as an agile change agent? Okay, Alejandro, oh. why don't you start us off on this, improving your own agility, and then we'll hear from Dirk. It's an excellent question huh? because we are asking that from the organization, from the teams, and what about us? Huh? So um, very, very interesting. Um, I think that we can uh, pinpoint back to some of the answers already. Um, knowledge, uh, keep learning. Huh? We are all knowledge workers and we need to provide solutions in a very complex eh, VUCA world. Um, and if we're focusing in products and solutions, they are very complex too. So we need to prove ourselves. Um, I, I like to say that it's um, progress over perfection. So it's about reading, putting into practice, evaluating that. So we go through the same rituals as coaches as would, would ask uh, the, the teams to go through. And we have to do this in a continuous. Uh, there's, no, there's no stopping. As we said, uh, we have a heart and our minds in this. And yeah, that's why at some point you talk about religion too, right? It becomes our own. So we have to uh, enlighten others, but uh, keep us um, with that faith that this is a way forward. Yeah. I hope it doesn't sound that. <laughs> it's really, it's really, for me, it's like that. It's, um, you have to breathe and live it. And uh, I think Johan said, be agile. So this agilist uh, title that we put on top of us is about us Yeah, in this way. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Dirk, you do this brilliantly and you've built your career around doing it brilliantly. How, how do you go about maintaining that constancy of learning and improvement? Oh, some some black window over there and some noises, not usual noises. So, um, yes, um, this question is really it's a uh, really good question, um, and this is one of my daily work to help um, leaders, uh, formal leaders or 
former leaders um, to improve themselves, to improve their agility. Because I think that uh, people feel, that people realize if you are only talking about um, agility and, and being agile, and if you if you are not agile in your mind and for yourself. So um, this question is, um, first, I think you have to improve your own agility. It's a must-have. You can talk about that. You have to do that. And um, uh, I think the, the longest way starts starts with the first step. Uh, it's not my quote. It's, a, it's a, um, another one who invented that. But I think um, that's the, the that's the basic. You have to improve your own agility. Being agile, that's what you said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, actually, let's hear from Johan um, on what his thoughts are, and then we'll go to the panel view. First of all, apologies for the noise. The sun was shining in my eyes, okay. and I tried to move something, and everything fell over. <clears throat> That's okay. <laughs> so um, I learn a lot from other people who, who does this. Yeah, and, and I think you shouldn't think about learning as only you know, book learning or certification or doing courses or whatever. Talk to other people who's doing what you're doing. See what works for them and what doesn't. Um, uh, I also learn a lot from yeah, attending conferences uh, yeah, and, and just especially if you listen to case studies on a conference yeah, where somebody says, this is what we did and this is what worked for us and this didn't work for us. Very helpful. Yes. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think the, um, you know, the, uh, the recent experience of looking and watching senior people on television deal with crises in real time has told us instantly how not <laughs> to go about <laughs> um, complex, volatile and uncertain situations. People desperately want to be a leader. They want to be able to say, you know, this will happen tomorrow. But there's a very few, there are certain things that will happen tomorrow. The sun will rise. <laughs> There'll be some weather. We don't know exactly what kind of weather. You know, so on. But there are many things which is probably best as a leader to avoid predicting and, and, and rather better to help facilitate and support people through that process to discover what's actually going on tomorrow. And the in in that situation i don't know about you i'm t i'm at the age of life now where politician comes onto the television and i i kind of get politician tourettes sometimes you know like i'm kind of <laughs> having an argument with the television even though they can't actually hear me right and um, i think it's because our world is no longer made of absolutes far better to be more open and those leaders in the world who were more open and say and said openly you know look this is an emotional you know challenge this is a very complex challenge you know we're working on it and we're working hard on it and they were just themselves and they came across as very authentic and um, a much much better approach and i think ultimately they ended up being uh you know better respected and more actively listened to perhaps than those who early on tried to predict the outcome when they really didn't have the information available to them. So some real life lessons, I think, for all of us. But what a fabulous um, question, um, Michelle, around 
the requirement for us to continually improve. Uh, Dirk, final thoughts on this one. Maybe I could add some German quote and I will translate it. Um, I think in German we Thank have the, the quote, Machen ist wie wollen, nur krasser. So it looks, okay. looks like doing is like wanting, only more better or only better. So <laughs> practicing okay. agile, not talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the sort of thing I think as well as, you know, uh, in the days when people traveled a great deal, you know, there would be a magazine in the, in the and there's really very little to do on an, on an airplane, right? So there's a magazine in front of you and you begin reading it and there's all of this stuff about, you know, your organization needs to be more agile or you've picked up a book in a bookstore, you know, to read on the plane and so on. So you read this book. You don't really understand it. You can read the words. You can understand what the words are saying, but you don't really truly get it until you have a go at it, living it, breathing it, doing it, to your point. So I completely agree with that. Thank you very much. Fabulous question. Thank you so much, Michelle, for um, being one of the producers that's driven the show today in a particular direction. That's great. Charlotte, let's move on. We'll take our next question, if we may. We've got a question from Lou. What does it mean to be an agile, sorry, agile agent of change? I got there okay, in the end. I'm so sorry. That's quite all right. Don't worry. What does it mean to be an agent of change? Well, I, I, I would say sometimes it, it can be quite tough life, actually, all right, because, you know, not everybody is on the same point of the change curve as you and, and you're trying to be out there, you know, helping others through those processes. But genuinely speaking, um, it turns out to be rather quite a nice uh, role to be seen as somebody who who can you know, um, get engaged and help others and be that catalyst. Um, other thoughts from the panel, please, on what would it mean to you to be perceived as an agent of change? Etienne and then Bikram. Um, someone on the panel made a point just a few moments ago, and I can't remember who it was, but someone mentioned the word authenticity. And I mm. think that's a big one. If you're going to be an agent of change, you need to be authentic. And even as agents of change, we're not always 100% sold on the change ourselves. And we need to be authentic. We need to, we need to share our own concerns with these changes as well. You know, it's, you know, because then taking people and bringing people along the, on the journey with you is so much easier because they can trust you because you're being open and honest about your own you know, perceptions. You know? And so authenticity for me is something that is a huge part of being an agent of change. Thank you very much indeed. Bikram? And uh, I'll uh, top it uh, up with, uh, you know, uh, people, they are part of the same ecosystem. So not only they are connecting with their people, they are constructively criticizing at the same time, and they are uh, showing why this change is working or not working. So it is quite dynamic as a role, I would say. Uh, you know based on where you are standing within that ecosystem, it is always uh, mobilizing your team. Mm, mobilizing, that's a really good action word, isn't it? And uh, Alejandro, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I want to take uh, the question into an agile agent of change. And so we could focus in, in, in the topic um, of this conversation. And 
from that perspective, of course, applies everything that has been said, but also we have uh, our focus in the what we call the generative culture, uh, where where we try to focus in the collaboration aspects uh, and leading, of course, by example, um, share responsibility, not saying, yeah, I can do it all. Let's have different specialized roles uh, to help the teams and to help us involve further into this change. And, and of course, um, the sum of those uh, individuals as a collective is more than the individuals uh, working as a, uh, as a single-minded, eh? because it, we create a mind of its own. So this generative culture is uh, really, really important. I think that it's also the way that we can uh, create space for innovation, but innovation that it doesn't happen um, a few times, but it happens also, again, in a continuous motion. Uh, and purposeful, eh? that we do it on purpose. I don't know if that's the right word. But uh, because uh, today, if we if we stop doing and we start searching, if we start looking into the future, uh, we disappear. That's the fact. So that's something that the change agent uh, must look into and and try to put that seed into the the mind of the people. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Some great answers uh, to the meaning of becoming an agent of change. So thank you very much indeed, panel. Um, Charlotte, I think we've got time for um, uh, maybe one more question. Um, so let's move on, please. Nick, we've got a live question from James. How do we build the resilience to focus on real positive change over being dogmatic on agile rules slash principles? Okay, so how do we build that resilience to be able to focus on the real positive change versus just purely the dogma. This is kind of at the heart of much of the conversation today. Um, Dirk, start us off, please. Uh, maybe just start with quoting Simon Sinek and start with why. I think um, it's good to explain why do we do this? Why do you want me to do that? Why are we changing? So explaining the why and really explain and ask for the why. That would be my just two cents. That's a really important part because um, if if you're not explaining it, that's what people are wondering. <laughs> Etienne, <laughs> your thoughts, please. Yeah, I I agree, agree with Dirk. the The idea of strategies and principles and all of these things is great, um, and they can add a lot of value, but. At the end of the day, we need to understand why we're doing it. We need to know what our purpose is. And purpose for me is always goes hand in hand with the word resilience. If you want to build resilience, understand your purpose. Your purpose is what keeps you on track. You know, strategies change, principles change, but purpose, you know, and you know, that that is that is the that that's the one thing that stays constant in this world of change. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Alejandro. And then Johan. Yeah, thank you. I was trying, yeah. Um, also also thinking on the other side of the equation. And I think that it's also important to measure success right? or measure for success and focus. And once we know our why, um, let, let our stakeholders know, uh, higher management. And of course, we take an economic view on everything. Right? But um, uh, we are in, in, our, in any type of organizations, uh, even the public sector, uh, the gain would be this support from, from the society. 
so knowing uh, the quantitative and qualitative aspects of this change is also a way to um, to create this resilience that we need to keep on progressing in the change in the future. Thank you very much, Alejandro, Johan, and then Dirk. So absolutely, just confirming what Alejandro just said is do and measure and make sure the pos there's positive results every time. Or it doesn't have to be every time, but there's this forward motion because you're actually looking at the value that you create for the organization. But yeah, they, yeah. I always say to people, there's two words in best practice. One of them is more important than the other one. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Dirk, you were going to add something, I think. And I would like to add, um, I think um, Etienne used the word um, purpose, and I think it's a, it's a good word. It's necessary. But I want to point out that there's a difference between the company purpose and the personal purpose. Uh, purpose. So mm -hmm. there may be a difference uh, between that. And then I think uh, that's why you should explain why your personal purpose will be matched to the organizational purpose. So every company in Germany now is purpose-driven. They, they, they deal with purpose, they have good purpose, but um, again, it's a buzzword, it's going to be a buzzword. So you have to connect organizational purpose and personal purpose. And that's not quite yeah. easy. <laughs> I was going to say that that's where the challenge actually really truly comes, isn't it? Because uh, you know it's it's part of the natural outcome, you know, of some change that not everybody who's involved in effecting it is is actually then has the same purpose, you know, at the end of that process. So quite an interesting conundrum for us all. Uh, Bikram, final thoughts on this, please. Absolutely. So, uh, in a way, when we are looking into those uh, strategic objectives of the organization, uh, many times these agile rules and principles, uh, as per your organizational needs, can be tailored or altered. You know, we can tailor them and we can apply them as for the objectives of the organization. Okay, thank you very much indeed. What's some fantastic. Um, questions that we've had this afternoon. Thank you very much indeed, um, everybody, for joining us online today. Um, I'm going to go to uh, closing remarks now, just to give a little bit of time for you know each of the panelists to kind of share with us your thoughts on you know on today's uh, episode or you know things that you'd like us to think about going forward. So Etienne, let me start with you, and then we'll hear from Bikram. No, for me the. Topic today: How to be or how to become an agile an agile change agent. See, <laughs> even I can't do it. An agile change agent. Um, yeah. To answer that question, I think the the answer for me is stand up and become one. You know, um, yeah. Take that first step. You know, change is something that happens whether we like it or not. Yeah. You know, the old saying about change being the only constant. It's happening. So rather stand up and help people through it. Yeah, take charge of your own change and help others through that change yourself. Absolutely. Thank you. What a great phrase, particularly in an agile environment. Stand up and become one. Excellent. Thank you very much, Edith. Vikram uh, and then Johan. And uh, nothing uh, else to add to what Ethan has already pointed out. 
stand up and be part of that change. It's a lovely conversation today, and uh, the questions are very good too. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, thanks very much indeed, Becker, and thank you for joining us because it, 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 it is the right, right, the hottest part of the day as well. So we really appreciate it. So thank you for your contribution as ever, as generous as ever, and as as well thought through as ever. So thank you very much, Becker, uh, Johan, and then Alejandro. Okay, so as is tradition, I'll, I'll end with a quote. Uh, it's from Michael J. Fox. Um, he says, if you want to be an agent of change, it starts with what you're made of. And I think <clears throat> if you want to be an agent for change, you have to dig deep. Um, and I think it also now aligns to this, this conversation we had about purpose. And if that alignment of purpose of the organization in you uh, cannot happen, then you know the only thing that you need to do is you need to find the right place for you to be. Nick, thank you very much for, for asking participate again. And maybe just one quick correction. Um, the, the video podcast is called Get It. Um, and uh, oh. I will post the I will post the, the the link in the in the chat and you can so thank you. please thank do you. go and listen. I talk to interesting people um, every second week. Thank you very much indeed, and uh, yeah, I enjoy the conversations, and I associate you so much <coughs> with that other thinking. So that's why that's why I made that model. But thank you for clear, clearing that up. That's brilliant. Thank you, uh, Alejandro, and then Dirk. Yeah, so I will um, bring it up a notch. And so the change agent, as we well express as a panel, uh, has to be a leader. Um, it's being expected to be a leader. So I say uh, two points to think on. Um, first of all, become a leader. Uh, get the, the mind shift, uh, get the principles and love them. And of course, help uh, people to practice them. And second, uh, lead the change. Uh, so be the example uh, at every moment in time and also yeah, be there to lead the change. Uh, one way or the other, organizations are looking at you. People want to model uh, you. So um, that's what is at stake. Um, uh, again, I think that it's everything is around the people factor uh, when we are talking about change. So we have to have that in mind and become the leader and lead that change. Thank you, by the Thank way, so for much, uh, allowing us to participate here. No, not at all. Not at all. It's our pleasure. Uh, Dirk and then Charlotte. Now, that's the problem we have or you have if you're the last one in the row. Every, everything is said, but not by everyone. So I don't want to add anything just to say thank you. And when I'm working um, as a trainer, I learn from my participants. So this today was the same. Thank you. All the guys over there, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Etienne. Thank you, Become. Thank you, Johan, and thank you, uh, Alejandro. Oh, it's an incredible word for me. Thank you, and um, hope to be a guest in one of the next uh, episodes. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jack, and um, I think your, your seat will be kept warm for you. Um, Charlotte, closing thoughts on today's episode, please. 
apart from my pronunciation, it's been an amazing show. Um, lots of questions and amazing answers from our expert panel. Thank you very much for your time and contribution again. And a big thank you to those that are behind the scenes. We um, have a lot of people, colleagues working behind the scenes to help us deliver this. So they rarely get mentioned. So thank you to those that are behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely true. It's a big team, real team effort that goes on from everybody around the world. Um, it, in fact, it's it's one of these things that never really sleeps entirely because there's somebody somewhere from, mm. from Australia through China, from India, through Africa, uh, across Europe and North America and beyond. So we really appreciate everybody's help. So thank you very much indeed, Charlotte. I think you did a grand job, actually, of navigating your way through all of the questions that were coming in. They can fast at one point, so we really appreciate that, and also to everybody online as well. Um, so well done, everybody. Look, if you're getting value from today over on our website, apmginternational.com, you can search for answers. So now I, I think it's about 980 that we're at at the moment, questions um, all bookmarked for you. Um, and many available actually in local language as well. And they will connect you with more than 130 experts from all around the world. And don't forget that you can also listen to the audio versions of Level Up on your personal podcast platform. Monday the 13th at 8 a.m. UK time, we're going to be looking at the winning formula for PPPs, these public-private partnerships. So look, if you're bidding for work as a consultancy or professional services organization, and you want to hear the inside track on how to improve your chances of a positive outcome, then please tune in for that. Friday the 17th. Uh, actually, we have a German language show. Um, it's the second in the series of these. This one's going to be about service management 5.0. Okay, and it's hosted by our colleague Stefan Brendel. That's at 2 p.m. UK or 3 p.m. European summertime. Subscribe to the show and we'll send you a personal summary, of course, about what's coming up and how you too can join us here on the panel and, of course, level up your career with APMG. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.